Amen. Well, good morning. Well, this morning as we begin in prayer, and I want to encourage you again to, as much as is possible, to come to pre-service prayer on Sundays because Christianity is not about just a belief system. It's about connecting to something that's eternal, to something that's spiritual. And what we're growing in is our capacity to connect with the one and not the other. I mean, you know, the apostle talks about the world. All that's in the world is the lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, the pride of life. And it comes, it's very easy to connect with those things. There's a voice, there's a drawing pulling on us all the time. And what we're trying to do is to practice connecting with the presence of God. When Jesus was walking with the disciples on the road to Emmaus, he was talking with them, and as is usual, he was speaking words that were spirit in life. That's what Jesus does, because Jesus was operating from the standpoint of the kingdom of God, and he, he shared words that were life. And they said this afterwards. They said, did not our hearts burn inside of us? How many of you have been in the presence of God for a protracted period of time and there is an orientation where, wow, I just, I feel, I feel the, the presence of God. I feel that connection with God. But then three days later, it dulls until you, you know, maybe a week later, three weeks later before you remember, oh yeah, I, I, I remember that connection I had. What if that connection could be maintained continuously? I feel sometimes God's relationship with us are like uh, that movie, Fifty First Dates. Anybody ever see that movie? That woman had the inability to retain anything that happened yesterday. So this guy's trying to have a relationship with her, but every day he has to start from scratch. Maybe, maybe we're not starting from scratch every day, but we're not starting where we ended the last time we spent time with the Lord. What if that connection could stay at a higher place. This is what I want to challenge you with today. It, not only is it possible, it is the normal Christian life. That God's purpose for you, God's, God's calling for you is to draw you nearer, to draw you closer, to have you live in a place of grace and faith and mercy, the power and the abilities of the Holy Spirit, and never pull away from it. Never lose that God consciousness. So as we begin to worship today, I want you to release your spirit. Don't spend time lingering over what you haven't done or what you should have done differently. Just draw into the presence of the Lord. There's a thousand things that we should do different tomorrow than yesterday, but that's past now. Let's just begin to enter into the presence of God, of our Father who loves us, and let's just begin to connect with his spirit because his heart is to give you everything necessary for your life today. So, Father, I pray that your presence would begin to cascade down upon our hearts. God, that whatever would separate us from that beautiful, refreshing presence 
of and knowledge of your love would just diminish and disappear from our lives. Lord, I pray that we could come boldly to the throne of grace right now by the blood of Jesus Christ. That our confidence would be in the fact that Jesus died on the cross and paid for my sin. We draw near, we draw near, we draw near. Life, life, let life fill this place. Let the life of God fill this place. Let the life of God draw you up like a whirlwind into a new place in God, into a new place in His Spirit, into a new place of refreshing. Just continue to press in here. When Di began to sing, stir, stir up the river, stir up the river, I, I, I connected with that because in prayer, I looked up the word stir, and it happens five times in the New Testament. But I want to read four of them. 2 Timothy 1.6 says, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. Then Hebrews 10.24, it says, Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. 2 Peter 1.13 says, Yes, I think it is right as long as I am in this tent to stir you up by reminding you and then again in 3, 1, he says, Beloved, I now write to you this second epistle in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder that you might be mindful of the words which are spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandments of, of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we want to stir up the deposit of God that is inside of us. And I want you to begin to just pray in the Spirit. And I want you to stir up. We're not trying to stir up an emotion, but we're trying to stir up that life of the Spirit, the gift of God that is inside of you, that part of you that is made to connect and live face to face with your Lord and God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, may the waters of this house be stirred up afresh and anew. Hey, spring up a well. Spring up a well. Spring up a well within my soul. Spring up a well. Every word that was spoken over this house and over this region, every word of purpose, every promise, every prophetic unction we've ever received personally and collectively. I believe the Spirit of God is giving us a picture of what He wants to do every day of our life, that He wants you to learn how to stir up your faith, how to stir up your spirit, how to stir up the gift that is inside of you, because I believe He's giving us a new starting point. I believe He's going to change the momentum of what happens in this place. And I began to get a picture of a merry-go-round on a playground. And, you know, when the little kids are there and they're, they're trying to get on, but it's going too fast, they can't get on. And so you can slow it down in order that the young children can get on. But uh, 
what God is saying is, listen, I have end time purposes and there's a momentum that is required for the kingdom of God to come into the place where it's meant to come in the nations. And I'm training a people to operate not at their momentum, but at my momentum. I'm giving you an opportunity to enter into a realm of the spirit that operates at a momentum that's higher than you've ever seen. And if you don't learn to stir up your spirit, if you don't learn to step into that realm, you're not going to be able to get on this merry-go-round. And every time you step into this place, it's going to be going faster than, 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 than you can get on. And so it's time to begin to learn to come into this house with your spirit active, with your faith high. It's time to begin to live day to day at another level. So Lord, we want to say yes. We want to say yes, Lord. Hey, hey, hey. Deep calls to deep at the sound of his waterfall. There's a cry. There's a, a groan. There's a yearning for him that God has put deep inside of you that has begun to bubble to the surface as you're singing, as you're praying, as you're lauding him. Let that cry, let that desperation bubble to the surface. Jesus. God is doing something on the earth and we are invited to join. But it's going to take faith and humility. And both of these are rarer than you think. You know, I heard the the phrase, this is more my speed. And it's a phrase we use when something agrees with us, when something's comfortable to us. So we enter into something that suits our, our appetite, our abilities. And uh, I suddenly felt the desire of the Father and I feel like the Father wants to come to a place where he says in the midst of his people, now this is more my speed. And there are a million voices, a billion voices in the earth that say, this is my speed. But God is not interested in him coming down to our speed. He already did that once. And really, he does that in so many other ways. But he's saying, listen, I came down to your speed to bring you up to my speed. That's the opportunity I'm offering in the kingdom of God. And, uh, and there's so many challenges to do, but it, come, it comes right down to the heart, the heart issues. And God will construct certain moments when he'll test which one you're looking for. Are you really looking for his speed or something that's your speed? And we tend to gravitate to churches that are our speed. And that's not necessarily totally bad so long as our speed is always is constantly shifting upward. Then God will bring us into a higher and higher environment. But sometimes there comes a moment where God is trying to shift you and you decide that there's something wrong with that higher speed. And in the last couple of years, I didn't realize how significant it was until this morning where I was in 
I, I came up against a speed that was beyond me, and I was faced with a choice. I was, I was faced with a choice to either acknowledge that this was beyond me or to decide that there was something wrong with this speed. And everything within my flesh that wanted me to be the center wanted to say something fishy about this. And on the two occasions, I won't even recite them, but one in particular, uh, I'll, I'll share a little bit of the details. I was pr uh, recording a television program with a, a world-class speaker, and I, I figured, oh, you know, we're, we're the same. You know, we're, we're both very prophetic. But as he began to enter into a realm of revelation, I, I began to feel out of my league. I began to feel like I was playing catch-up. It was like that, that merry-go-round was, was running, and it was getting faster and faster, and I couldn't grab the bars. I, I couldn't get onto this ride. And, and it was a pivotal point in my life where I decided what that was. And there's a pivotal point in your life where God introduces you to a pace in the spirit where you decide the next season of your life on what you say this is. And you can say, well, this is not my speed and choose your speed or your flavor or, or go backward to something that's comfortable to you or you can live in the humiliation or just the knowledge that you are not as fast as you think you are. And the one leads to freedom. The other one leads to marginalization. The one leads to a greater release of the Spirit of God in your life as you humble yourself and you say, God, I want that. But it's acknowledging that, man, there's something in me that can't get on this. But, you know, actually, I'm not going to break it down. Somebody gave me a, a real great revelation about the merry-go-round, which I think we'll unpack another time. But I want Murray to come because I believe God is bringing Murray through something that really speaks to the core issues of our heart. And uh, so you want to give him a couple moments. Ben, just stay where you are and just, uh, just, just open your heart to say, God, we're not trying to pretend we're, we've arrived. And let me just say this, the, one, the greatest culprits in this realm are professional ministers, guys like me, who when we find our niche, when we find something that's equal to our speed, we spend our, the rest of our life nurturing that zone and making it the most important. And that is what stops churches from growing. And uh, I don't want us to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to stop. I don't want to live in a realm that's comfortable to me. I want to go, I want to go into the ministry of Jesus. What, what speed did you operate at that caused your disciples to be continuously confused about you? And challenge them to do the same thing. This is a love story about a father and a son And uh, God has brought me to a place as a son where now he's able to go deeper.
I've, I've come to an understanding of my sonship that now he understands that he can, he can give me more. And so in that light of revelation, he's shone on me. Ugliness has shown up. But that's okay because I know he's got me. And I know that's, that's not the end goal to show the ugliness. There, there's a goal, there's a release. There's a release that is within me as a son. There's a dance, there's a cry that brings freedom and not just for me. And so we were in prayer the other day and I was at a point in the prayer where I felt the need to cry out and I couldn't, I just couldn't. Everything within me said, this is the time to cry out. And I, I couldn't, there was this pride within me. It's, it's like a glue holding this house of cards together. And it just, it just bound me. It's woven through my life. And God wants to undo it. He wants to undo that thing and release me into a freedom that shakes foundations, that shakes atmospheres, that changes things. This is a story of a father and a son. This is what he wants to bring me through. And I am so thankful to have a father that wants to bring me through this, that wants to walk me through this, that has plans and purposes for me, that has plans and purposes for you. When we get to this moment, this is all we can do, is just fall to our knees and recognize what it is and say, God, save me from myself. Save me from this, God. I want to move forward. This is so important in our journey. I cannot tell you how vital the release of your heart's cry. And it's this. It's this, the pride of the mind that keeps us from fully expressing our hearts. And God is, God is trying to bring us to a place beyond that, but it takes acknowledging that we can't do it. And what's so scary about that is you have to submit yourselves to a knowledge you don't possess, but others do. And there's nothing scarier. There's nothing more, more, more fearful than that put the estimation of where you're at in the hands of somebody else. And I remember years ago, 10 years ago, we had a guest speaker here, a friend of mine, and we had a, I thought was an amazing time of worship. And after the service, he said to me, he said, you know, that wasn't very deep, right? And I, I was upset, but I knew it was true. I 
I knew it was true. Listen, we are on a journey as a people to come to a place where we can manifest the kingdom of God. And the first thing it takes is a full heart. A full heart. It's not a style. It it might have characteristics you can define, but it begins with a full heart. I'm telling you, I was just in Korea with 5,000 people. There was almost 1,000 from China. And then one was one pivotal moment, and it looked like it was rich, but we weren't really going to that deeper place, which characterizes these events. And, uh, and you know, David is sort of trying to bring it along, and he's having to dance around all kinds of things because there's considerations of leaders of churches and people's thoughts and wanting to belong, and yet he's trying to guard and protect that deeper thing he wants to see manifest that he knows is the only thing that's going to change the nation. And yet at the same time, the accommodations have to be made because politically you've got influential leaders who could be offended and, and you're having all this stuff. And at one point, I was actually just about to share. Instead, the meeting turned and the, some of the Chinese leaders got this deep groan inside of them and they they stepped up onto the stage with the mic and they just laid down. They began to, to groan and, uh, and, to, and to begin and it uh, developed into a scream and all the fathers and the mothers and it shifted the meeting to a deep place. And Well, how do you do that? Is that you just scream? No, no, no. It's far more complex than that. It begins with deep that calls to deep. It begins with something deep within your spirit that in the early years of your faith, you don't even know is there, and furthermore, you can't express because you're so afraid. You feel it, you can feel at different points, at high points of meetings, a burning inside of you. And when you see somebody give full release to their sound, sometimes you, you even join, but yours sounds hollow and empty because it's not coming from the same place. So what do you do? Humble yourself like Murray just did because God has been bringing to the surface. You can't fully release yourself. You hide behind this this image that's safe, how you represent yourself amongst the people. They don't rock rock the boat. You've established you're pretty well recognized and accepted. You're right in the middle of this body. And I first saw it when I was a young Christian, when I I began to preach. I was down in Jamaica, and I thought, I don't understand this because I feel this burning. I feel this this deep. But when I speak, it's, it's like I feel this, and I release this. What is, what is the disconnect? Why can't the magnitude of what I feel inside of me come forth? And I didn't really understand it until later years. But the Lord said, you are decreasing and I am increasing. The difference between what you feel inside and what you can release is you. You are in the way. Your pride, your need to make yourself look a certain way, act a certain way, be accepted. Your fear of not doing it right. 
And so you hide. You're always hiding, Mark. And so when the teaching first came about groaning, I, I tried to do it, but it sounded so hollow. You know why? Because it was. And years ago, I taught about a full heart. And I remember it said, can you cry out to the Lord with a full heart? How many of you were here that night that we did there, that Sunday? And then somebody cried out, Jesus. And suddenly in the middle of their cry, they felt how hollow it was. And it, and it kind of petered out to a, a whimper. Some of us don't cry out because we're afraid of how it sounds. We know it sounds hollow. We know it's on some level disingenuous. And so we're waiting for something to happen. Humble yourself. Release the hollow cry if necessary. But come face to face with the fact that it's only half-hearted. Because that's the truth that sets you free. That's the truth that sets you free. And when I've been around men of God who can release their whole heart and can walk in a momentum that I can, it's acknowledging the fact that they are ahead of me and I am behind, as painful as that can be. It's the key. It's the key. And so when my friend said, that's not very deep here, I didn't realize it. But the next season... The next season would be a filtering. And basically, the Lord spoke to me this morning. There are always those in your midst who, when I say it's not very deep, they say, no, it is deep. And I keep saying it's not very deep. And if they persist and say, no, it is deep, they lose their place in the body because I'm moving the body into something else. And it's just like the Pharisees in Jesus' day. He said, because you say you see, your sin remains. Because you won't accept the fact that you're not what you think you are, you will remain as you are. It's simple. But how do you work out in our hearts? It's... It's impossible. But I want to I honor you as a body because you have been moving along this journey. And there are many uncomfortable moments on a Wednesday night when you've come to the mic and, and you've released something and you've been embarrassed afterwards because you know it sounds hollow. You want it to sound deep. But afterwards... And some of you stop coming to the mic because you're embarrassed. And I don't know where the balance is, but it's in the heart where you, know, where you don't quit saying, God, I want that cry to come from the deepest place. I want to align my whole being, my mind, my body, my emotions, my soul, my heart, everything with the deep that cries unto deep. The sound of the call inside of us that you are saying, come up here. God, we want to come up. And we're tired of hitting that brass ceiling. We're tired of not being changed. We're tired of our world around us not being changed.
I remember years ago at the Winnipeg gathering when we entered into a massive time of intercession and groaning. I, I got out there in the middle of the floor and, and I still couldn't groan like some of the intercessors. I still couldn't connect. But I was moved emotionally enough to engage, but I quickly got bored. And I started wondering, are we done yet? And others were still engaged, and I didn't realize it, why I couldn't persist. Because I wasn't tapped into the right thing. I wasn't tapped fully into the, the level. I'd actually used some emotional testimony of the time and the hardships that the Jews had had to motivate myself emotionally to groan. So the groan comes, but it's not from a pure place. And it can't be sustained, and it's not deep. Well, you, you bad guy. No, not bad. You're on a journey. We are all on a journey. And we don't have to be embarrassed about that. Because we're all incomplete. But God is just saying, listen, the truth will set you free. I'm whispering in your ear again and again, because there's something more to be had and it's for you. And I'm so delighted to be surrounded by men and women who won't settle, won't settle. And more and more people are, are asking me, is my sound deep? And I know sometimes it's with a secret hope that I'll say, yes, very deep. But it's still hard. Was it? No, not very deep. So what's the answer? If you submit yourself to the truth of that, God will begin to change you, to transform you, to bring that deposit. There is a God deposit inside of you that doesn't have to be behaved according to. It is a behavior in and of itself. It is a strength. It is a grace. It is a capacity. And it just needs to come forth. It's not trying to modify your flesh into its likeness. It's trying to pierce through your flesh and just be what it is, a deposit of God, the manifestation of Jesus himself. Oh, God, we want to see the manifestation of Jesus. We're so tired of actors. We're so tired of pretentious men and women. We're so tired of our own feeble efforts. We want to see Jesus. Our city wants to see Jesus. The nations long to see Jesus. There are certain dynamics around this that we have to start accepting. And one of the ones that has brought me into a whole new level in my life, I think it began two years ago when Gideon was in Guatemala with me. And I got up to speak after him and I realized he had vacated a space that I could not fill. And as I began to talk, I realized I was not filling the space he had just vacated. 
And on some level, I shouldn't have been speaking, but I did my best. But one of the things that happens around these high moments is, is stuff in us gets initiated and we so badly want to take the mic. And then when we do, we start to re we realize we can't fill the room. And I watched again and again on the level of the gatherings in Korea as, as uh, people tried to follow David Demian and, and just couldn't, just couldn't fill the space. And I've learned now to recognize that tear that he moves in. And when he's moving in that tear, you don't try to get up after him. He is, he is pulling something out of you, not for you to grab the mic and share, but he's pulling you up into a realm you can't stay in. Accept that fact and be ministered to by where he's taking to you, but don't think you own it. And one of the greatest divisions that happen amongst ministers in that place is because of the inability to identify realms. And they, they, guys start to think, well, why is he always doing the speaking? Because when you get up after him, everybody wants you to stop. And you're the only one that, do, that doesn't know it. It's not elitism. It's the reality of stature and substance versus less. The kingdom is all about more and less. Knowing your place, knowing who you are, knowing where God is trying to take you versus where you are in the moment is critical. And I am longing for a generation that has the full humility to say, oh God, change me, change me. And I pray that that would become our resounding cry. So when can I practice? Practice in your car. I did a lot of yelling in my car. I did a lot of finding that deeper place by finding that deeper place. By being face to face with frustrating circumstances and crying out to the Lord. And then I found other places like prayer meetings where I could release that cry and then find out by the response and other things, whether it was genuine or deep or not, or the rest of that. And then being accepting the assessment of the effect. Wisdom is justified of its own children. What that means is if you're operating in something that's impactful, others will be impacted. Kind of makes sense, right? I don't know why. They're just not listening. That's why they're not being impacted. Okay. We're on a journey, and we could just grab it. We could grab the reins of this journey right now. Full throttle. Full throttle. Full throttle. Because these things, like Murray is talking about, are in us, and they're stopping us. And, and we, there's a desperation that's going to cause us to lunge over the threshold of those things and come into a full-heartedness that will not only bless our lives, but bless the lives of everyone around us. And it's not just for me or Murray or Jesse or Ken or Di or Steve. It's for every single one of you. Do you want this? 
So if I ever say to you, that's not very deep, please don't hate me. But I'm very, it's unlikely I'll say that. That's kind of hard medicine. <laughs> I was glad I got it when I did. But we'll be more gentle than that. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're bringing us into. Now, how many of you noticed when Murray truly humbled himself and shared his heart, how it opened the room? His testimony, his sharing of his journey in humility, but particularly his, the inability to do something was what unlocked. Don't be afraid of what you're unable to do right now. Don't be afraid of what God is bringing you into because it'll, it'll be the key most times to, to release somebody else from their fear. Put your hands right on your forehead. Father, break the tyranny of pride off of our minds. Break the tyranny. Break this confidence that we can make ourselves like the Most High by acting, by behaving, by keeping our mouths shut, or by thinking we're saying the right things. Lord, shift us out of this thinking, out of this idolatry of mind. <sighs> Break the governor that's off on our spirit right now, put on, imposed by the pride of man. Lord, we want to be full-hearted people. We want to fail in a big way, and we want to succeed in a big way. We don't, we don't want to be lukewarm anymore. We want to be hot or cold. We want to fail big or, and succeed big. No more middle ground. I believe some of you are begin, going to begin to feel a place of tension in your minds when you begin to press into the Spirit. You're going to begin to literally feel the constraints of your mind anchoring you to a place in the natural and when you do, when you begin to feel that, I want you to begin to lay hands on your head. And I want you to begin to declare breakthrough. Because this has been something that I've been coming into for the last number of years. I've been tangibly feeling the way that my mind is anchoring me so that I can't go where my spirit wants to go. And I, I, I've just decided I'm going anyway. And I know some of you are tired of not being able to go where you know you could go. Let's deal with this stuff. Let's just go. Let's be embarrassed together. Father, in Jesus' name, we say breakthrough. Breakthrough for this whole body. Every single one of us. We want to come in to the promised land. Everything you promised, everything you said was ours. Thank you. Can you say amen?